So in Bruce Almighty, the movie that this episode is about, there is a story motivation plot point that I have a great deal of issue with. And by he, he means James. Hi. And I'm America. Welcome to City Base Simina. Simina? Simina? Sim- Anemone? Hello? <laughs> am- Mesotheliomia? Am I? Oh, no. <laughs> am I okay? Plantar facilitus? Oh, you're fired forever. Get off mic. I want to hear that shit. Anyways. Anyways. Cinema. So, we're at the point in the movie where Bruce shows up to the Channel 7. Is it the mm-hmm. Channel 7, guys? A story, a bit story that Channel 7 News is doing about the local canine unit at the police station. Well, technically, Channel 7 isn't doing it. Channel 5 is there doing a segment on it. Bruce shows up. I thought it was the Channel 7 guys who were there. No, it's okay, Channel so 5. It's, it's a, Channel 5. It's a, com- a competing news source. Yeah, but Bruce is there to fabricate right. with his so, godlike powers. So this is the start of Bruce's character arc where he campaigns like hell to get his old job back. But not his old job. Technically the promotion he was passed up for. Yes, but it starts by getting his old job back. Correct. As the bit reporter. Yes. So, here's the problem with that. Okay. You are fired. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 24 hours later. Very realistic thing. You are life. imbued with godlike power. Mm-hmm. You can manifest stuff. You can do all sorts of things. In what godforsaken world do you campaign to get your job back from the people who fired you ever? Even if it was your fault, you got fired. You do not, under any circumstances, go crawling back to them. I'm going to offer some insight. One, first of all, if I did get imbued with godlike powers, I would cure autism, which would effectively... You would eliminate an entire career field. I would, but I would also get revenge on... (laughs) Technically, it it is a form of revenge. Um, I'm I, I'm more manipulative than Bruce's. Uh, well, he's just he's just egotistical. It's like his only flaw. I I'm more of a Blair Waldorf. I'm coming. I'm coming for the throat. Um, but so that aside. But second of all, um, you have a dream. Bruce has a dream. His dream is to get anchor. That's sure. what he wants. That's sure. what in that's what he has been working towards for most of his life. He sure. says he's 40, he's reached a ceiling, like he can't seem to get for, forward in his career. Um, channel 7 is the biggest news channel, which they say multiple times, okay. in Buffalo, New York. All right. So you have a dream. It reminds me of a situation that happened with one of our family members where you have a dream and suddenly that dream is ripped from underneath you. Yes. And you have to figure out something else to do. Yes. But if you had the possibility through whatever means to give yourself that dream that you've always wanted, I'm thinking of myself, I'm thinking of my siblings. Mm -hmm. 
if you ha if I had the possibility to give myself that dream while keeping the rest of my life, like we're not going back in time, we're not altering timelines, like sure. while keeping my rest of my life somewhat maintained, even if it meant crawling or not crawling, but like going back to a person that I didn't particularly care for, um, to in order to obtain said dream, probably do it. I I just the the prob the only problem that there is with that is that yeah, it's Buffalo, but like Bruce has just been frustrated with Buffalo the whole time. Yeah, he likes it okay, but for the most part, he only speaks negatively about the city. But he can't, like, uproot and leave because he's got Grace, and Grace is a teacher and all that stuff. He's got godlike power. Give him an ounce of vision, and he's a lead anchor at the lead place in New York City. But then Grace doesn't want to uproot her life. Her sister's there. Her niece is there. Her job is there. Literally, give him a little bit of vision. If you have unlimited, omnipotent, unending power, fabricate a way to move everything that is valuable and useful to you and to the people you love to a better market for your skill set, even if it is just to achieve the dream. Now, I would have vision beyond my dream, but that's me personally. That's not Bruce. That's not siblings different story you could literally elevate yourself to the same position you're looking for in a bigger broader spectrum with and given the power you have almost no trouble like a new daycare is opened where Grace is offered a directorial position, a move up. A new something is offered to Debbie as even more impotence to leave Buffalo. Like, he's so egotistical and selfish that he could do that. But that would require him of thinking of other people other than himself, too. All he thinks about is, these people have slighted me. I'm going to smite them basically he wants he doesn't necessarily i guess i'm going to change what i said he doesn't necessarily want just the anchor position he wants to make evan pay for getting the anchor position in the first place by utterly humiliating which him. is so funny to me because it's not like evan made the decision to be the anchor it like no but and, evan's and an asshole evan's an asshole sure but evan didn't make the decision to be the anchor Evan was told he's going to be the anchor. You know who gets out of everything scot-free? Jack Baylor. You know who Jack Baylor is? The guy who made the decision to make Evan the anchor. And then he lied about it later. He's the guy who pulled the trigger on getting uh, Bruce fired. He saw it. He's the, he's the station manager. Of course he's the guy who calls the shots on who gets fired and who doesn't. And when Bruce comes back, he goes, just so you know, that wasn't me. When the big guy says something, the big guy says something. Yeah, the network would obviously want Bruce fired after that shit. But you know who's going to pull the fucking trigger? It's going to be Jack. 
Jack Baylor skirts out of this whole ordeal totally unscathed. Evan takes the fall via supernatural circumstance. But man, Bruce, I think, you know, it, it does kind of stick true to the egotistical nature of him, but it's just, it's so unbelievably short-sighted, in my opinion. Because I think you can absolutely have that le level of ego and still look to go bigger with the things that you want to do. But I think that's another character flaw of Bruce is that he's not long-term focused. He's not thinking about proposing to Grace. He's not planning. There's not like a future. It's just the right here, right now. This is what I want. And we see that as the movie progresses with the emails. And he's like, I got to just... I got to find a way to put all the voices, all the prayers in my head out. Makes the emails. He tries to answer them and he doesn't even answer them. Really. He just types yes. And then he's like, never mind. I'll just reply all to yes. And so that also is he's very short sighted. He's just looking for immediate solutions to his problems, whatever that might be. The easiest, quickest way to solve X, whether that be getting the Evan fire to get the anchor position, whether that be reply all to the, uh, to the prayers, whether that be manipulating grace to not be angry with him by just making her horny. Like there's everything he does, giving himself a new car, giving himself new clothes. Everything he does is just to fix the immediate problem that he's having what he learns and where his character growth comes in is that he learns that there is more than that and he can be happier with planning for the long term, being with Grace. That's why he does the photo album. He does have character growth where that does change, but his main one of his main character flaws, other than being an ego narcissist, is he's very short-sighted. He just wants his problems to go away. He doesn't want to fix his life for the long term. He just wants his immediate problems gone. I guess it comes down to a fundamental difference in thinking between a character who isn't real and me, a person, in that I watched it and I was rocking with everything that was going on so far. And then he just like targets symptoms rather than issues in order to get his revenge and to me that was like ah that it just doesn't that's not going to make it better but in he any way he doesn't think that he doesn't think like that it's what i get for having an entire brain and not being a character it's also what you get for being you're very differently solution oriented you focus on like how can i fix the big issue yeah you focus on how can i make this like better for the long term not how can i make my immediate situation better it's actually how i got my role in uh full-time video right now is being long-term goal solution oriented mm -hmm. i tend to be a very i'm a long-term planner but i'm a short-term solution person like I'm, I'm very much in the same way of like I need to fix this problem right now and I'll figure out the rest of it later it still bothers me and maybe it's you know I'd have to do a deep dive into my psyche to figure out why exactly it bothers me but I it just feels 
it feels negligent in writing to not, even if the goal is like, well, yeah, we know that he could do that, but he's so egotistical and so narcissistic that we're going to keep him pigeonholed on what he's hunting for, which is really just the humiliation of Evan. And like, it would have been fun. You could do a throwaway bit where someone like mentions like a big grand scheme of something to like rule the world or something like that. And he goes, like that alone would like refocus people's attention back into, Oh, he really is just so short sighted and so chronically whiny baby face. I guess for me, they did a good job of conveying that, which is why I'm, why I'm not I, having the same issue, I guess. I think I really just would have liked them to address the ability to have grand manipulative power, but to be actively choosing not to do that in order to attain his goal. Because I think you can do the story while hitting that beat without changing the story too much and without changing the character much. All it takes is like a grand scheme simply being like passed over or like ignored intentionally. And for him to be like focused on the one thing. And that would be enough for me to be like, man, that guy really is such a fucking asshole, which is true. That's a true fact about Bruce is that he is such an asshole. But I don't know. That was my bothersome issue with the writing in the movie. Otherwise, it's just jokes on jokes that are all very funny and uh, physical comedy out the ass. Speaking of physical comedy out the ass. Uh, we're moving on We're now. moving on. Bruce gets his job back by fabricating a news story at the uh, canine center. Uh, and getting the other news crew arrested for a bunch of malarkey. Uh, and it's the second Close. instance. It wasn't malarkey. It was marijuana. Ugh, I mixed up my M words. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and this is it's the second instance of him starting to do stuff to achieve what he's looking for and to have fun that are actually like earth altering and like, real world problems are starting to happen because of what he's doing. Like once again, it just would have been so easy to be like, here's a real world thing that's going to affect something whole worldwide. And he just goes, because he does a lot of passively ignoring that by ignoring the issue of, Oh, the moon is too close to the earth, but he never like actively goes. Bah. I think the issue is he's just such a narcissist. I don't even know if he's, he might not even notice. But that's why I would be like, you have to have somebody like introduce that to him. Like, what if someone goes, what about this problem? Like, you'd be like some fucking, uh, you know, those people who try to get you to sign their petitions in the park. You'd be like, sign this to save the world from supernatural flooding events. And he could go, ah. You want him to be more like, uh, uh, fuck, what's her name? I don't know. In The Good Place. Kristen Bell's oh, character. like Kristen Bell in The Good Place? Yeah, you want like, him to be more like... Like, give me just one more instance of being a villain. Like, where she's literally like... She... <sighs> Fuck your page. I'm not yeah, saying shit. Yeah, the fucking green earth guy that's outside <laughs> the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck is her name? I but I don't, like... They're two very different characters, and the growth arcs are way different. 
But they're both but kind of start in the same they place do start of the being same egotistical narcissists. And it would, I think it would be nice to have just one extra little bump in, in her direction. You're going to have to look it up because you're, it's going to bother you if you don't figure out what her name is. Yep. Um, I'm upset. Anyways, so he unveils the body of Jimmy Hoffa as well as gets the other news crew arrested for a drug bust. Uh, and then you get a little montage of him doing crazy shit all the time. And then finally, uh, we get to a bit where two just truly good comedians do truly good comedy. And it is the sequence where they go live in the station uh, with fucking Evan as the anchorman. uh, And Bruce is off to the side watching... And he starts manipulating Evan to look like mostly he's having a psychotic break, uh, but he looks a lot like a buffoon while he's live on the air. And it's just, it's just so good how well they execute the physical comedy, the volume. Steve Carell is a fucking champion in the scene. Uh, Catherine Bell? Catherine Well? Ortega. Susan Ortega. Susan Ortega does a tremendous job keeping it together. Uh, And it's just so fucking funny. Catherine Bell. It's just so fucking funny how the whole scene plays out. It's so good. Uh, Just tip of the cap to comedians doing comedy well. It's very, very good. Uh, Finally, we get to... uh, a little later, I think in the same day, actually. Uh, he's at home. Oh, no. He takes, uh, he takes what's-her-face to the Blue Palm. Grace? Yes, he takes Grace to the Blue Palm for a romantic dinner uh, where he gets Tony Bennett to sing live, which is like, I recognize Tony Bennett. Go me. And uh, the cringe of this whole scene. Oh my god. Is he set up, like, he sent her to a spa. He's got this person singing a romantic song at the restaurant that they've had their first date. Now, what does that imply to you, children? Are you going to announce that you got a promotion or are you going to propose? Please pick one. You're going to propose if you're a normal human being. But unfortunately, Bruce is an insane person. Uh, And this whole thing. This whole shindig, this whole shebang, is just so that he can brag about making lead anchor. And it's just so, so stinking stupid and so frustrating because she's got this whole thing built up in her mind that he's going to propose and it's going to be so romantic and wonderful. And he's so, oh God, it's so cringy. And the prayers start coming back and he's like, He's being loud about it, and he's hooting and hollering and shouting, and he has the fucking wherewithal and social grace of a cow to leave to try and figure out what the hell's going on with the prayers. And doesn't he end... Is that where he ends up on Mount Everest? Yes. So, actual God transports him to the top of Mount Everest, and they have a little conversation about how to deal with the prayers that people are having. And Evan's like, it's like they're from all over the world. Bruce. Fucking Bruce is like, it's like they're from all over the world. And God goes, oh, no, that's just greater Ontario. Or fucking... Buffalo. Buffalo. Buffalo's close to Ontario. It's like, it's just greater Buffalo. 
I didn't want to give you more than I thought you could handle. And he's just like, it's the perfect instance of like, let me just shatter your ego while also feeding it at the same time, which is a parenting tactic. Uh, so that's a good laugh. And then so Bruce goes home that night, Grace is asleep, and he's like trying to set about figuring out how to deal with uh, the prayers all the time. And the, eventually he thinks, okay, well, let's just do it the way that God had it in the building and do files. Filing cabinets all over the room. Okay, that won't work. It's got to be smaller, more tangible. Uh, sticky notes. The whole room covered in sticky notes. Grace covered in sticky notes. Him covered in sticky notes. Okay, that won't work. Uh, it's got to be private. It's got to be secure. Need password. Emails. He creates his own email. Yahweh email. Ha ha ha. Yahoo jokes. Those are hilarious. Um, those also age like milk. Uh, Yahoo and religion jokes. What a good laugh. Uh, so he's he's got them all sorted into emails. Uh, it takes him the whole night to download all the emails. And it's something in the realm of a little over a million prayers. I thought it was a billion. No, no, it's just a little over a million. Okay. Uh, and Numbers are hard. He gets coffee. He manifests coffee in his mug. And a guy from Colombia with a burrow and a steaming pot of coffee appear. And they speak Spanish. And it's just so funny. And really, like, a, a good a good amount of silly. Uh, so they fucking... He sets off trying to answer all the emails and is just answering yes manually to all of them. And so they... Uh, eventually, he goes, huh, I have to have made a dent. And he looks back and there's, like, an extra two million prayers thrown on top of that. And he's like, oh, man... And he just sets up a way to auto, uh, to auto yes to all of the prayers. And I, I said to myself, oh man, we're going to have consequences for that later. Boy, howdy, I'll tell you what, that's going to get rough. And I was correct. That is going to get rough uh, as it eventually leads the city to riot. Oops. Um, repercussions of the prayer yes are going to be special. Uh, and honestly, I don't have another note until, uh, when's my next note? My next note is when Catherine Bell walks into the party, uh, that they throw at the mansion for Bruce getting lead anchor, mm -hmm. uh, which is sort of right before the riot. Um, and well, like what else happens between the prayer deal and the party? Because I don't have notes. I was he, he does his... Or no, that's... I'm going to have to get a synopsis out because I don't remember. So after he does uh, the prayer and answering all the prayers, um, he... I think he just goes to the party because Grace is still mad and at home um, from their previous night. And... Oh, yeah, it's literally just, like, yeah. the next thing is the party. Yeah, he goes, he does the water-to-wine bit, which I noticed for the first time. I pointed it out to you. I know. You you pointed it out to me. I've, like I said, I've watched this movie a ton, and I never noticed that he just pours water. Also, I've been watching it on, like, TV reruns of it on, like, shitty screens. Yeah. So, eh. Finally but, a big screen, and it's... Yeah, woof. he does pour water and turns it into wine in his cup. 
Um, so we have a big party in this mansion, and we have to have some tension. So Bruce wants Grace to be at the party, because Bruce loves Grace. That's nice. Unfortunately, uh, Catherine Bell is reduced to a name, a face, and a pair of tits. And boy, howdy. The uh, tragedy that is the predictability of plot in that he's trying to get a hold of Grace. He's trying to get a hold of Grace. She keeps letting it go to voicemail. And then he uses his power to get the dog to convince her to go uh, to the party, which works. But he has the patience of a toddler, like a child. He doesn't even... He has my amount of patience, and that's like... This is, this is another thing where I was like, I get he's in, like, the depths of frustration over this, this whole thing. This is what I thought but you if were going to say. if you are godlike, you, in theory, should be able to know where someone is at all times. Right? Right? Like, you should be able to know she's left the apartment. She's coming this way. She will be here soon. I need not be all gloom and doom up in the bedroom. Right? Like, you, that shouldn't need to be a thing. You shouldn't need to worry about that. Yeah. This whole tension scene shouldn't need to happen. Because it just doesn't need to. It's going to, but it doesn't need to. This is the, see, this is the scene I thought you were going to talk about. When you said it didn't make sense character choice-wise. And this one I would agree with you on, as far as, like, this whole chick kissing him at the party, Grace walking in, nonsense. Well, who's, whose character do you think doesn't make sense here? His. Why? Because she just straight up walks up and Alpha Tiger runs his show. You can push her away. Sure, sure. Sure, absolutely. You can create an like he turns the fire sprinklers on. You can fabricate a way to end this situation. Absolutely. But let's let's circle back to uh Bruce's very short-term goal oriented. And his short-term goal is I want Grace to be here. And for some reason, he doesn't bother to use any of his mystical powers to figure out that Grace is outside, walking in, looking for him. Don't know why that didn't happen. So he's just despondent and frustrated, and Catherine Bell walks in tits first, and just flirts him up. And he's, like, kind of ignorant of the flirting, so she lays the move on him and kisses him on his face and he goes, huh? and he's just too... He turns into Tim Allen? Kind of. If his mouth was free, he would have gone, huh? but in my mind, it totally does make sense for this character to behave this way because he gets the move put on him. He's not expecting it and it happens and I don't want to defend him in this scene 
but I do want to bring clarity to the way boy brain works. Okay. Boy brain, not good. Okay. In the best of times. Boy brain, bad. Boy brain focused on Jennifer Aniston, who's hot, right? Excited about that. Really looking for that. That's the goal. We want this. Mm Mm-hmm. We are presented with option B, and it, it, that is not what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Option B bleh, muscles its way in, and you go, what is this now? Because you haven't been thinking about what this is or what's happening here. You're in the Jennifer Aniston box. And boy brains are waffles, right? You're in boxes, and you can only ever be in one box at a time. You don't get to move boxes. It takes time and effort to move from box to box. You're in this box about Jennifer Aniston. In this box about Grace. The girl you like, the girl you love, the girl you want to be with. You're even more so focused on that because she isn't a fan of you and she's frustrated with you and you want to figure out how to fix that, but you're too self-centered to really get to that point. And you haven't figured out that you're tripping yourself up on the way there. This lady is also goal-oriented and Mm self-centered. Her goal is one of two things. Move up in the world by getting with the anchor, the new co-anchor. That's a way to move up in the world, social status. Or I want dick tonight. Those are, in my opinion, opinion, her character's motivations in this scene. So she's like the chick from the cruise. Yeah, yeah. She's out here hunting. She is looking for something. And she spies a man not in a box uh, that is aware of what is happening because he's so fucking (laughs) short-sighted. And he's so in the box he's trying to be in. And he can't... He's fucking blindfolded himself and he's stumbling around like an idiot in his own mind that she kisses him and gets in his business and he goes... And at that moment, she walks in. He's not even, if you watch the scene again, he's not actually reciprocating too hard. He's receiving a kiss and he's not even, his hands are out here. They're not on her. He's not pulling her into him. He's out here like this. Still in a state of confusion as blood sprints away from his brain directly into his cock. Incapable of thought. Incapable of hopping boxes. And he gets a jump start to his system as he opens his eyes in surprise to see the girl he actually gives a fuck about back there. And you can see he knows his wherewithal in that he flings his hands so far away in the physical comedy way that you're supposed to. Haha, <laughs> funny, please. And... Does what he's supposed to do. Distances himself. He'd be like, it'd be great if you weren't touching me right now. Could you not? And he's trying to fucking get into where he was supposed to be the whole time. I'm not defending the way he handled the situation. But it totally makes sense that he would absolutely short circuit for just long enough for the movie to hit that point. That's all I'm saying. 
All right. That he's still a, he's still a douchebag. That was a very lengthy explanation, James. Thank you. Listen, for some that. people don't know that boy brains are waffles, and they don't work if your blood is all in your dick. That's my favorite like analysis of gender brains. Brains is girls are spaghetti, and boys are waffles. All our thoughts are in different boxes, and we can't be in more than one box at a time. Girls are all looped together and mixed together and generally tap, topped with sauce, so. However, as I have learned, having ADHD, you can move from box to box at a lightning speed with no discernible pattern. And it is a curse, and I will not be told otherwise. Anyways, back to Bruce Almighty. Anyways, uh, <laughs> my notes in order go, oh no, she's not hotter than Jennifer Aniston. Oh no, her titties is out and everything. Followed by the ego as he chases Grace out onto the street, makes it about himself mm-hmm. like an insane person or someone who's just mad egotistical. She, understandably, leaves him entirely. Totally makes sense. Of course she would. She should. Absolutely. After everything he's put her through, and this the cherry on top, Catherine Bell with her titties is out? Yes. Abandoned him. She should have left him... Two days prior. Probably, yeah. Before he came home and sexed her up real good. Absolutely should have left. So, man, like, he goes back inside and he's just like... Woe is me. And Catherine Bell's like, some girls just can't handle the heat. And he's like, fuck you. And everyone else here. And just sprinklers on everybody. And he just plops on the couch all sad. It's just fucking... That's where I know her from is Jag because my parents watched Jag. Don't get me wrong. Catherine Bell is also hot. I'm just a Jennifer Aniston type. So... Anyways, the just, wait, what? You're a Jennifer Aniston type? Mm-hmm. I'm the luckiest man alive. <laughs> God damn it all. <clears throat> so, the movie. Uh, <laughs> you fucking got me hopping boxes, motherfucker. God damn it. How's that box hopping going for you? I'm struggling. You playing hopscotch yet? Uh, it's a mental exercise. Uh, fucking, I just, the audacity to talk about being an anchor again. That's, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Fuck me. That's when he made it about him again. Yeah, that's when he made it about him again outside. Uh, shit, man. It's raining. God shows it's up. Raining. He's like, you having fun? He goes back fucking home. Uh, he does the photo album. Yeah, he does the photo album, and he starts, like, using his, like, powers, like... Appropriately. Appropriately on his way towards trying to use them for good. And he's working his way there, and finally he goes back to try to get Grace back using his powers to try and manipulate free will, which, as it was not clearly stated, that you would not be capable of breaking the rules. It felt more like it was like an actual rule where it's like, don't break this rule or things will happen. 
Uh, but as it turns out, you just actually can't use the powers to manipulate free will for reasons. Because uh, God does not have right, control he doesn't of do the that. free will of man. Right. He made it that way. So eventually he comes to the conclusion that he just doesn't want to be like this anymore. And so he goes back to the building where God was. And as it turns out, he's right on time. It's the seventh Act seven, and so he mops the floor because that's what he said he would do. So Bruce goes back to the station, uh, makes amends with Evan, who is gathering up his shit to leave because he got fired. Kind of, I think he just had to pack up his office and move it to where it was before. Uh, and Evan is. Like, yeah, go ahead and gloat. Take your best shot. And Bruce does something gracious for the first time in the movie. Uh, and retroactively congratulates himself for, uh, or congratulates Evan for winning the position. And he gives him the job, basically. And takes his old takes job his old back. Job back. Uh, he's learning humility. He's learning humility. Uh, he even finishes the photo album and for Grace, and when Grace's sister comes to pick up all her extra shit, takes the photo album as well. Uh, she mentions something. She mentions that Grace prays for him all the time, uh, in which, at that moment, he remembers, oh, I've got a computer doing this for me. And he goes to the computer and uh, he tries to sort it out to find uh, Grace's prayers, and then he has to sort it out even more to try and find the ones about him, because we we haven't fully transitioned into not being egotistical yet. And he finds what she's saying, and his, the prayers that she's saying for him, and he teleports himself to outside her window, because she's praying for him right then, and she's praying a, a, dro- a fucking heart render of a prayer, uh, in that she could fucking get over him. Because she just wants him to be happy, like a good person. And she wants to be happy, and she still loves him, but she doesn't want to love him anymore. She wants to let him go. And it's just, woof, woof, Maron. Which is the final straw that breaks the camel's back of Bruce's ego. Yep, he gives up entirely. Uh, And he goes back to the road where he crashed his car into the pole in the first place. And he is walking along, and that shirt that he got is just the most translucent shirt upon getting wet. It is just, he could have just not even had the shirt on, honestly. Uh, It is so wet. Uh, And he gives up, and he submits himself to the Lord's will, uh, and bright lights shining on him, and he goes, huh? And a truck hits him like 50 feet back. Just absolutely kills him. He goes to heaven, uh, where he finally comes to the understanding of what he's supposed to do and be like, uh, and he gives up grace. And he's like, honestly, I just want for her to be happy and to find someone who will treat her correctly. And you're like, oh, it's another moment where he does what he's supposed to. My heart, oh. And God is like, 
great. And he pokes him in the chest and he goes, oh, that didn't feel good. And he pokes him in the chest again. And he does more physical comedy. And, and God says clear when he does it too. He goes, yep. clear. <laughs> and bingo, it's the EMTs bringing him back to life. Tremendous. Uh, next thing you know, he's in the hospital. And uh, I did make a note that everything he said while in heaven uh, is cliche about her finding someone else. It's a cliche. It's not wrong or bad. It's just a cliche. And I was like, he gets a pass because he's dead and he's probably thought about, I won't get to go back and try to win her back through normal means uh, and not being a douchebag. Uh, he's settled down with being dead. He's accepted this very quickly, apparently. Uh, and then God's like, eh, get out of here, you. Get out of here, scamp. Sends him back, and so he goes back, and, uh, he is in traction in the hospital. <laughs> he's all bandaged up. He's got bandages and casts, and his leg is up in a cast, and it's all broken and I stuff. I mean, he did get hit by a semi-truck, Oh, yeah, so... hard enough to kill him. And you know what she fucking does? <laughs> This might be the funniest thing to me about this movie is she shows up and they have a, a nice little reunion and the he fucking he's there in pain and all that. And she crawls on top of him and gives him a big old hug and he reciprocates. And I'm like, listen, now I got to bring a little real world realism into this because I in the last month totaled my car. And I had a bad car accident and I bruised eight of my ribs and the next day breathing was hard. Like I couldn't move right. Breathing hurt, touching them hurt. It like I didn't break anything, but they were bruised and it was bad. You couldn't, you could not get someone to lay on my chest in a bed and have me just be like reciprocating a hug. I'd be like, if you don't get off me, I'll kill you to death. You gotta, you can't do that. It hurts so bad. I could not believe with my eyes that he had that bad of a car crash to where he died and was in traction. And you can't tell me she crawled under that bed on top of him and hugged him and he was just like, fine. Like, that was so ridiculous to me. I, I had to make a note about it. I couldn't be like, that was not good. The power of love. <laughs> the power of love does not fix your ribs when you get hit by a semi-truck. That is not how it works. Even if he still had God powers, I think his ribs are still hurting. No way, dude. So funny. Well, he doesn't have God powers anymore. So. No, no. Uh, that's the last note I have about the movie. Uh, and, it, it, and the movie ends and he's... Uh, got his job back and he's doing a, a bit story about the uh, the blood drive that Grace does and they actually, he mentions that they're engaged, the soon to be Mrs. Exclusive because that's mm -hmm. the title that the city gave him and uh, it's a great bit story. He's donating blood which he's he refused to blood. do at the beginning exactly. because it actually saved his life. Right. And it's just a feel good ending and then about after about 45 seconds of credits, you get a quick little blooper reel, which is good and fun uh, at a nice little time. Overall, I'm going to give the movie a solid 8.5 out of 10. Uh, so terrific. Very funny. Love that movie. Not my favorite Jim Carrey movie, 
Uh, I'm still going to put both Ace Ventura's and The Grinch above it, but I think it's better than Liar Liar. Uh, this is probably my favorite Jim Carrey movie. And man, I'm just I'm just American Jim Carrey with the way I do physical comedy. The beginning of the movie started and I just looked at James and I was like, is it just me? I have a note about that where I was like, am I Jim Carrey? You're like Jim Carrey meets Chandler Bing, though. Yeah. All right. So we um, will be watching our live chat has voted. Damn it. That we will be watching Howl's Moving Castle, which is one of my favorite Studio Ghibli films. It's also my brother's favorite Studio Ghibli film. I'm not going to do enough drugs for this, man. I'm just not going (laughs) to. It's Fucking amazing. I'm pumped as hell. Christian Bale is in it. He is? Yeah, he plays Hal. Huh. It's like well, he Matt du- Damon he dubs Hal. He dubs for Hal. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, cool. But yeah, super excited. We will be doing that next time. Where can we watch that? What what platform do we have to Probably go to watch that? Probably Netflix, but I don't know. Until I then, I also Netflix. own it. So if we can't watch it, I just have to dig it out. Until then... Everyone have a wonderful, fantastic time. Please be safe. 2023 seems to be kicking more than just our butts. So, True. Um, hug your loved ones close. Be safe. Make smart choices. You know, all that jazz. Mm. Bye. Bye.